This is the Becker's Healthcare Podcast, created by the team of Becker's Healthcare, a multimedia company devoted to the people who power U.S. healthcare. Four new 15-minute episodes are released daily, containing industry news, analysis, and thought leadership from powerful healthcare decision makers. Support our show by leaving it a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts or other platforms you use. It's a chance to tell us what you like about the show and act on your feedback. Thanks for listening. Now here's the episode. This is Laura Deirdre with the Becker's Healthcare Podcast. I'm thrilled today to be joined by Katie Wright, Chief Nursing Officer at Pomerine Hospital. Katie, it's a pleasure to have you on the podcast today. Uh, thanks, Laura. Great to be here. Now, I know we have a lot to talk about. There's so much happening in healthcare and really, you know, a lot um, focusing on the clinical teams in, in nursing. So this will be a really exciting conversation for a lot of our audience members. But before we dive into the big questions, can you tell us a little bit more about yourself and your background? Absolutely. So um, I have been a nurse for just over 20 years. I began my nursing career uh, on a medical neurology unit, learned an awful lot about, you know, what it takes to be a great nurse. From there, I um, joined a leadership team um, that was uh, six uh, step-down units. I also took on a leadership role for practice administration of a hospitalist group. Uh, it was a really great opportunity to sort of learn a different part of, of hospital operations. Sort of just climbed up through administrative ranks from um, most recently before this position, I served in a senior vice president role um, at a large academic institution um, with oversight of um, all of care coordination and quality and patient safety, uh, which has really helped me to get to the job that I am in today. Um, I've learned a really uh, great deal about patient safety uh, and quality as it pertains to nursing. So I think it's really setting us up for success at Pomerine today. Absolutely. That's great to hear. And, and definitely, you know, I love your perspective moving from a large academic medical center to a community hospital in Ohio in at Pomerine. I can imagine there are some similarities and some differences. So what was it like making that change? And really, you know, could you tell us a little bit about Pomerine Hospital, what makes it special and unique as well? Sure. Um, I, uh, I will say it was very eye-opening moving from an academic institution to a community hospital. It's amazing the I guess the work that the healthcare team does here with limited resources. Um, Pomerine is in Millersburg, Ohio. Um, we do live in uh, the largest Amish community uh, in the world and really in our tri-county tri area. So we do have a unique position. Um, a lot of our community members um, are, you know, well-versed well in both Eastern and Western medicine, but we also have a very small community that we serve. So it's very important that we remain uh, a very high-functioning hospital, and we have to constantly be on our toes, um, really ready to pivot and, and support the, the healthcare industry and, and the changes. During COVID, it was eye-opening at a, at a larger institution, like I said, having resources that are available 24-7 and coming to a small community hospital such as Pomerine, it's been really remarkable for me for professional growth and development. I can imagine it takes a lot of ingenuity to, to really make sure that you're serving the community well um, in, in doing what you can, as you mentioned, with the limited resources, which is so important and admirable um, as a resource for the community and a unique mm -hmm. community as well. Um, given, you know, kind of your place in, in your um, responsibility at Pomerine Hospital, what are your top priorities right now? What are you spending most of your time on? 
Well, I think like any other hospital, clearly we're focusing on not just nursing, but overall employee engagement, employee retention, and coming out of the pandemic. Um, like I said, we've had to make a lot of changes, but it's very important to me to maintain open communication with the staff. Um, shared decision-making is a major priority for us. Um, that was something that sort of got away from us during COVID, but really bringing all of the people at the sharp point to the table, leaning on those that are doing the work to help us make decisions is really a key focus area for us. Um, something else that's very near and dear to me is our community health needs assessment. Another executive has led that initiative, but we just completed that community health needs assessment, uh, or China, and we're working to um, start the first phase of implementation. Um, the reason that's so important for us, like I said, being in Amish country and, and being a rural community, um, it's important that we lean on those Amish um, and other community partners to help implement that plan. So we're really focusing on that as we move into the last part of, of this year and into 2024. Um, that will drive our overall strategic plan. So it's important that we get that right from the beginning. So definitely a key focus area for us. Absolutely. That's awesome to hear. And definitely, I, you know, um, love that you're able to go to the community and, and um, have that community needs assessment and then put that into a plan of action. Uh, when you're going through that process, how do you make sure that there's strong lines of communication through with the partnerships you have and um, community advocates and then to helping them understand, you know, here's what we're able to do um, and, and just finding that right balance and the collaboration of being able to address the needs, um, but also set kind of the expectations of, of what the timeline is going to be and move from that planning identifying stage to action. So it was actually a unique experience. Like I said, another executive that is on our admin team, uh, her name is Tracy. She really led the endeavor, but we started working on it shortly after I joined the hospital last summer. But strategically, you have to create a team of both community leaders that are both English and Amish, um, different sects of um, business, healthcare, finance making sure that you have key players around the table. We sort of had an idea of what our needs assessment would show, but we um, worked with a vendor to help us um, create a survey that was sent out to multiple people within the community. There was an open invitation to be able to participate in the survey. Once we've completed that survey, they, we then had a working session with community members, board members, um, physicians, nurses, uh, other people from the community, such as educators and finance leaders, to go over all of those results. And from those results, we created what we thought our top three or four focus areas would be. So, I mean, these are somewhat basic, if you will, but access to um, healthy fruits and vegetables. So focusing on food security and insecurity, um, focusing on access to health care. So do we have the correct providers and correct service lines in place? Or do we need to work with another partner to be able to provide a specific service to our community? So it really takes a lot of diligence to be able to listen to what we're doing well, but also listen and understand where we might be falling short and then working together to create those action plans. For us, because the community is so rich in, um, I guess, evidence, but also um, rich in, in faith and the beliefs, we have to be very careful and respectful of everybody's wants and needs. Um, and then to your point, communicating, this sounds like a really great idea, but let's put this over here in the parking lot because we might not be able to, to, to you know, 
build a brand new hospital, if you will, or brand, you know, a brand new emergency department. But what can we do within our means as a group to be able to meet those, those shared goals and vision? I love that. Thank you so much for detailing one bit more into that process. I, I can imagine it's just been so valuable um, since, you know, going through all of it over the last year. Now, looking ahead, how do you think that Pomerine Hospital will evolve in the next two to three years or so? I can imagine a lot of that is around some of the issues we've talked about, whether it's looking at workforce engagement as well as the access to healthy foods and care and really um, serving the community well. So Pomerine, like I said, we're a rural community hospital, but we are also, we're awarded a top 20 rural hospital in the United States um, for this year. So we're really looking at not only the community, but how can we continue to grow and expand outside of just the four walls of the hospital? So a lot of our business is outpatient driven. So surgical services is a, is a really great um, example of that for service line for our hospital. But how can we take what we're doing inside the hospital and take it outside? Um, we have one platform, um, a service line that we refer to as mobile health. So we have registered nurses and other um, clinicians that will actually take, it's a, it's a true mobile unit and they take that unit out into different areas of the community that may not have access um, to providers, so they'll do things like blood pressure tech, check, basic physical assessment, um, a lot of lab draw. So we are looking to see how can we expand on that and add services to take out to the community so the community doesn't just have to come to the hospital. So really looking at outpatient growth and, and serving the, the community that at large. Got it. Absolutely. I, I know that's an area where a lot of organizations, hospitals um, across the spectrum are trying to figure out their outpatient strategy, what staffing looks like mm -hmm. and how to uh, move that forward. So that's that's awesome to hear that, you know, you've been putting effort and energy around that same those same areas. And, and I think just before we wrap up our conversation, could you talk through what is one change that you or your team has made in the last year or so that's really yielded some great results? I would say one probably is just embracing a vision of change. Um, we have been very fortunate to add a few significant service lines. Um, we have added some new providers. We've, again, added new service, and we're trying to expand into new markets. I would say the biggest thing that we did is really restructure the leadership um, team here at Pomerine. So I joined the team about 17 months ago, and we really just embraced nursing as a whole and how could we move toward, you know, a healthier community, um, focusing on that shared decision-making structure that I spoke about. So rather than just us sort of sitting back and letting the healthcare climate, if you will, change us, we're really trying to lean into that change and see how we can leverage our own internal resources to continue to be the, one of the top hospitals in America. I love that. I think really just jumping in and diving in to um, be proactive about some of these things and about change. Um, it takes a lot of courage to do that and, and um, certainly, you know, isn't easy, but um, it seems like that's what the times are dictating and what the needs of healthcare and community are, are dictating. Um, as you have gone through this process of, of you know, lots of change, leadership restructure, and those kinds of things. How do you keep people um, motivated in, in, in moving in the right direction? I know change can be scary, especially for those, you know, who are used to doing something um, for, for years and years one way, and then all of a sudden have them do it differently. How do you work with your teams to, to really um, do this change management efficiently and effectively? 
I, for me, I'm very fortunate that many of the leaders that report to me have worked here for a very long time. They live in the community. You know, some of them were born here and now they're in management here. Um, so I think the single most important thing that has to happen is just open communication. I think if, you know, something's going right, you talk about it. If something and celebrate it. If something is going wrong, you sort of take a pause, figure out where you need to move, figure out what you need to do, get the right people around the table and continue to forge ahead. So for me, maintaining that open door policy and making sure that throughout all of these changes, we are communicating, but as we are making said changes and, you know, like I said, trying to grow, trying to get into new services and new markets, you have to have a person that's at the helm. So as we're working through these projects, making sure that we have somebody that is in charge, that's creating the project timeline, that's working on the actionables and is holding the team accountable. Um, as a CNO, you can't do everything yourself and you have to have people on your team that you can trust to do a good job and empower them to do that. So I think we're really lucky here to have a team of, of nursing leadership that really embraces one another and wants to be a part of that change and see things happen positively in the community. So we're pretty lucky here. Absolutely. Katie, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast today. This has been really a fun and interesting discussion and I look forward to connecting with you again soon. Thank you. It was great. Appreciate it. It's so important for leaders at the top of organizations to keep learning, stay sharp, grow their networks, to help our audience better do this in a more simplified, personalized, and meaningful way. Becker's Healthcare has launched MyBHC. It's your trusted Becker's Healthcare experience and more with content, connections, events, and learning opportunities. Join the community free of charge at www.my.beckershospitalreview.com and we'll see you there.